Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hit that line, I'm your host, Zach Barry. We are talking week one. No more week zero. No more charades. No more half schedules. We got a full slate. We have got a enormous weekend of college football to get to. We've got Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Jam-packed. We're going to get to the whole slate. National games. We're going to talk SEC and, of course, Ole Miss. Before we get to that... I do want to talk to you about the sponsors that make the show possible. We are here to talk some gambling. And since we're talking about gambling, one thing you do not need to gamble with is whether or not it is time for a vasectomy or time to perform in the clutch. If you're wanting to learn more about that or in search of treatments for men's health, look no further than Dr. Michael Jennings at Clinical Urology Associates. Dr. Jennings, an Ole Miss graduate and a listener of this year's show and a degenerate gambler like us, is here to make that difficult time of a vasectomy easier on you and is now offering special in-office sedation for vasectomy patients. He's also offering minimally invasive surgery, including the use of advanced laparoscopic procedures and the Da Vinci robot. He, along with his team of medical professionals, look for look forward to providing excellent health care to the people of the great state of Alabama and beyond as they accept all forms of insurance at Clinical Urology Associates. So go all in and lay the points with them at one of their five locations in North Alabama and keep your health in the black. Give Dr. Jennings a call at 256-492-4040, extension 4, and get your health in check today. Podcast also brought to you by Davis McCord State Farm, our good friend, longtime advertiser here. If you need that good neighbor service and surprisingly great rates, look no further than Davis McCord and State Farm. He is your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. Stop looking around. State Farm agent Davis McCord is ready to help. Give him a call, 901-755-6110. 
for your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, gentlemen. Talking about good neighbors, shout out to my good neighbor, Rory McElroy, who uh, really softened the blow of an 0-1 start to the season. Plus 1,100 on your boy mm. and just hammered it down the stretch. Ran down Scotty Scheffler, probably one of the better golf Sundays we've had in a while, maybe all season long. Yeah, Rory's kind of on fire right now. He didn't win a major this year, right? He hasn't won one in, in a few years now. This might be as good a golf as he's been playing. Yeah, but he he didn't win a major, but I don't know that he lost the stroke differential in the majors. Like, I know that's kind of nah. a weird thing, but I think he had the lowest score to par in all four majors this year, like in the aggregate. I could last, be wrong. He he was, last, major, last major championship was 2014 which was the PGA Championship. Feels like for feels like it was 2004 when he won. Well, that. it's time. Rory's got a is kind of carrying the torch right now for the PGA Tour with all the yeah. the Saudi stuff going on. It was it, it was honestly I mean, I gambled on it and I was wanting him to win, but I mean, it was a it was a hell of a day. Um and then you had I mean who I I Scheffler did kind of shit down his leg a little bit um but he still made him work for it had some great shots um but it was a i mean it was a it was it was a hell of a day i i thought that um you know the 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 joke that's been going around for years you know is, is roy dead is roy dead like is this it um but it was uh it was a good day for him um it, sung jm gave i think both of them a little bit of a scare for a little bit then he had a double bogey, and then he was kind of gone. But, um, but yeah, I, I think a lot of people were cheering for a playoff. Thought that would have been fun, but I mean, phew, ran him down and thought he hit it into the grandstands on eighteen, but got lucky and uh, made a five to uh, seal the deal. So, all right, let's get to uh, week zero. Combine two and two on the weekend. Austin minus twenty and a half with UNLV. Ben, Illinois, Wyoming, under 44 and a half. Both of you boys in the green, Nick and myself, are in the red. UTEP plus one, not a chance. And then, poof, our Rainbow Warriors. They uh, <laughs> one to forget for Timmy Chang as uh, Vandy put down, what was it, like a 63 to three run? To, to close it out, I mean, just absolute beatdown. Yeah, how did that happen? I, I, I mean, I kind of fell asleep, you know, full disclosure in this game, but it was 7 nothing at one point. How did Hawaii ever lead in a game that they lost? Of course, I, I guess Ole Miss had a halfway had background. But. Where it looked like Hawaii had never run a win spread. I mean, they were so yeah. bad. I mean, they drove down, no problem, scored to take a 7 nothing lead. And I will say our buddy, uh, Gray Hardison, said it at one point, was just like, Vandy just needs to run the single wing with Mike Wright. I mean, Hawaii had no answer for his feet. He was, you know, getting outside the pocket, making some decent throws here and there. But then when he would turn it up and run, I mean, he was getting eight, ten yards down the field before anybody from Hawaii even came remotely close to touching him. Um, they just wore him down and – just that dual threat was just 
too much for Hawaii, obviously. But he um, I, look credit to to Vandy. They they put it on him, put the clamps down. I thought that Hawaii's backup quarterback came in a little too late. Um, you know, even though he didn't do too many good things, but he moved the football a little bit more than the uh, starter did. But yeah, big ups to Clark Lee. They got one. Um, probably looking at a two and zero start after this week with uh, Elon coming to town. But after that, it's going to get real once they get to SEC play. But yeah, good, good, good for Vandy. How about that? It's yeah, critical not also, to uh, – go ahead, Nick. No, you got it. I was going to say it's critical not to overreact to anything in week zero, but I think it's safe to say that Hawaii is absolutely trash. I mean, <laughs> they're terrible. I was going to uh, say, how how demoralizing would it be to get be that bad by Bandy? And like Zach said, it yeah. was basically just QB left, QB right. After the first couple of series, Vanderbilt figured it out. Just run the ball with your more athletic QB – and Hawaii didn't have an answer. I mean, they didn't look like they belonged on the same field as Vanderbilt, which tells you, look, if there's that much of a gap between your program and Vandy's, you're in really, really bad shape. Yeah, not good. Um, but yeah, so, all right, Nick, without further ado, uh, the, the keys are yours. Let's uh, let's get it going. Let's get into this uh, jam-packed slate for week one. Yeah, I, before we started, I just want to say, um, you know, big ups to Ben because it kind of looks like his Nebraska under seven and a half. I mean, it hasn't won yet. You know, they've still got 11 games left, but <laughs> that's a pretty good start. That Nebraska team looked – I mean, they looked lost there in the fourth quarter. You hate to see it. So yeah, bad. You really do. I mean, you really do. All right. what did people expect? I, I don't – I just – Not that. I've talked I talked about it ad nauseum last I understand that. I mean, as far as the Northwestern game goes, but the seven and a half line so they're suddenly just gonna win five more games this year. I mean that just unless like I said in the last show, unless you've just hired a coach or he's like in his second year, that just doesn't happen. I mean, you don't have a guy in year five or six come they're like, Okay, well we've gone we've had a losing record every single season. But now, now we're actually going to go eight and four in the Big Ten. Like, well, come on, man. yeah. And then you got—I don't remember if it was post game or if it was on Monday. But Scott Frost is already throwing his offensive staff under the bus. Post game, yeah. Like, like, yeah. come on, dude. Like, and you know, good and damn well that he's calling plays too. So and well, they're just—they're soft too. You, you know, they—they're soft, but they make up for it by being slow. Um, their quarterback, <laughs> their what's his name was better than I expected that he would play. Honestly, Casey Thompson. Casey Thompson, but I mean, you know, he wasn't great. He's not going to win them eight games by himself. Look, he so. was be- he was better until it mattered, and then yeah. the wheels came off. And look, part of that is on the coaching staff too. I thought they got absolutely pantsed in the second half by Fitzgerald and his staff. They blew double-digit leads in the first half and then again in the second half. Yeah, they did. They did. Um, which and is and Northwestern was running down their throat. In oh, the they were getting quarter. absolutely bullied. Absolutely bullied by Northwestern. I mean, it was well, I, it was a it, it was a cookie cutter prime example of one coach was coaching to win and one coach was coaching not to lose. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's it's on Scott Frost now, and they brought in a new defensive coordinator, new offensive coordinator, new special teams coordinator, and, and those guys were not there when they were losing close games two and three years ago. So it's clearly it's a Scott Frost thing. He's losing these close games. He's the, oh, the yeah. one common denominator, you know, between 2018 and 2022. 
And there, I think he's 15 and 31 now in, uh, in his time at, at, at Nebraska. And he's had, I think they said he had six different games where they've had an 80 plus percent chance to win, like according to FBI, oh, in the second half. Yeah. And lost, it, yeah, uh, lost six of those games. What was the stat? If he, if he won 50 straight games, he still wouldn't have a better record than Polina. Yeah. He could, yeah, he could yeah. have five straight 10 win seasons and yeah. still wouldn't touch it. Yeah. Which is yeah. just look. Bonkers. I hate it for Trev Alberts. You know, y'all, y'all ah, saw my tweet, yeah. but like, you, you really do. You hate it, man. You hate it. You know, I mean, and, pretty and, much and the Rutgers of the West. is a nice guy <laughs> in, in person. I, I don't know him, Doubt but it. I do know that he, yeah, he said runs. that after we lost to LSU to go to Atlanta in 03. Like, the only chance Ole Miss really had for, you know, up until, like, what I would consider the uh, the spread era um, mm-hmm. when everybody, like, everything kind of got even or became even with the right. new offenses, new wave style. But anyway, um, I uh, Nebraska sucks, and, you know, that's all there is to it. I, I just – matter of fact, I don't know how you come back come back from that it's similar to this is a little bit more extreme but y'all remember 2010 Ole Miss loses to Jacksonville State coming off of cotton bowls and everything it's like Mm. it's like well we still got some good players you know and everything you don't really come back from that I mean that's just like Mm -hmm. you might have Uh, one more effort and that's pretty much it like the writing's on the wall at that point I think he's fired October 1st when his buyout's cut in half um I think that's all their way yeah, I did have a uh, a good buddy. Uh, believe he has an inside source there in Lincoln. He was in Dublin for the game, and uh, he mm. said that's what they're essentially what they're waiting on is to get to week six to where that buyout is trimmed fifty percent. Um, real quick, Nick, it's just an you, odd uh, time to put a buyout in. Yeah, to change in the middle of the year, it's very very strange. Um, we we might need to start doing this, or, or maybe you know tweeting it out, or um, maybe after the fact, if, if they hit, because it's, it, it's, it's, you know, a little better on the psyche than, uh, getting, you know, dragged over the coals on Twitter. But, um, I do want to give a shout out a, uh, plus 50, uh, 5103 parlay, um, Northwestern money line, Illinois minus 14, Yukon, Utah State under 59 and a half, Duquesne plus 41 and a half, and, uh, FAU. <laughs> Minus six and a half. Uh, cha-ching. Five to win two sixty on Saturday. That was uh that was big. So, um, so good, so good there. On uh, we'll, we'll have to start uh keeping track of some of these uh these parlays we start doing in real time on uh on Saturdays when um you know the morning games don't hit or you you give up on your your locks early and you start hammering away trying to find these in-game parlays um those are while fun. you're in the sauce yeah that's, yeah. That's yeah then you're sweating out like nevada and san jose state you know yeah. like down to the wire dude when you're when you're sitting in that costco zero gravity chair you're on <laughs> ninth cathead seltzer like yeah those are those are when you uh those are when you get the parlays into are different when you, that's when you start rotating through the apps when you're, when you're, <laughs> you're looking at you're looking at that MGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, you're trying to find some kind of like <laughs> some kind of perk, some kind of promo code. You're um, trying to find Air Force's backup quarterback situation. <laughs> like what's the weather in Provo? Yeah. Oh wait, yeah. he's he's from a five A school in Texas. Let's do it, baby. Yeah. Uh, 
right, let's get it going. Uh, Nick, let's let's take us to week one. Let's do it. All right, let's start hot and heavy. Uh, Thursday night, uh, a few good games actually Thursday night. So we'll do we'll do more than normally. There's like one decent game on Thursday night, but I, I, we got to start with this game simply because I see a number here that I might take, uh, and that is Tennessee is minus thirty five and a half currently against they're hosting ball state this again this is thursday at six o'clock the number i like though is under 66 and a half and i may lock it in if we talk about it for a second Ooh. i just if, if the line is 35 and a half and we're seeing 66 and a half they're expecting you know ball state to be in the teens i don't see that i don't i if tennessee is winning by 35 points i think it's something to the effect of like 45 to 10 or you know, fifty-three to seven. I don't. I don't think that it's going to get to sixty-seven. It seems like a lot of points. Yeah, I'm with you. Well, just go ahead, Zach. I was just going to say real quick. I wouldn't touch this one, but we talked about it before we hit record. I think this is one of those games where, um, I, I think that the balls and Hypeville, if they can hang 50, 60 on somebody, they're going to do it. Because I think Josh Heupel wants to get that train rolling early and start to get the fans just in a frenzy by scoring a ton of points. So if they can cover minus 35 and a half or whatever the number is, they're going to do it. But I I don't know. Braver man than me, Nick, if you're going to touch this one. Because, I mean, like you said, it could be something like 45 to you know 13 late and you're really sweating that out. Yeah, I think it's a name-your-number game for Tennessee, and I would worry about that under because I think Tennessee could get mid-50s here, maybe even up into the 60s, depending on how long Hypo leaves the starters in. And Ball State were a little spunky last year, a little plucky. I know they're a MAC team, but if Tennessee gets to 55 or 63, you're in trouble. I mean, um, you're not asking for much out of Ball State at that point, and Tennessee's defense is almost certainly going to be asleep at the wheel beginning in mid-third quarter all, all the way through the fourth quarter. You may have backups in. Ball State's going to keep trying to score. They need to build some confidence and see what they've got. It's a complete stay away from me, both both giant numbers, both spread and total, but I, I could see Tennessee trying to roll them up, and if it gets out of hand, which I expect it to, Tennessee lands 55, 56, something like that. Ball State just gets to, what, 17? Suddenly mm-hmm. you're in trouble on that that under. Um, complete stay away. Tennessee rolls. Um, it'll be interesting to see how early Heupel calls the dogs off or whether he tries to rack up some numbers with Hooker and begin, you know, a little Heisman campaign in week one. So I might circle back around to the minus 35 later in the in the show. I can't decide. Ball State loses, like, almost all of their starters. They had a huge senior class graduate. Their quarterback is a fifth-year guy who's t- who's thrown 34 passes in his first four seasons at Ball State. His name's John Paddock. That tells you pretty much everything you need to know about Ball State. On top of that, um, the only issue I have, I guess, to instead of saying on top of it, the only issue I have is the line opened at 31. So we're already four points – out there, you know, ahead. I I think the pick here is Tennessee minus thirty five, but um, I lean towards Austin and Zach and staying away. I I don't hate Nick's under. I actually like unders when there's a big line like that, uh, simply because Vegas just thinks they're so lopsided and they are here. I mean, Tennessee's dropping well over fifty points in this game. the The hope is is that they don't get to sixty three like Austin said. 
but the the pick is Tennessee minus thirty five or thirty five and a half, whatever it is. Yeah. All right. Next game, and this is probably honestly maybe my most favorite game of the weekend. Uh, Backyard brawl is back for the first time since twenty eleven. You know, I might remember the 13-9 game when Pitt knocked off West Virginia, kept him out of the, the playoff back in 2007, or kept him out of the, the title game back in 2007. Uh, West Virginia is minus seven – excuse me, Pitt is minus seven and a half in this game, over under mm. uh, between 51 and 52. Uh, just some news and notes here. Uh, the team favored in this matchup is 0-5 against the spread and one and four straight up in the last five meetings. Now, they haven't played in 11 years. Um, Pittsburgh lost each of the last four meetings straight up when they were favored, and uh, West Virginia's three and seven against the spread on the road over the last two years. Um, the under has hit in four of the last five. That might be what's enticing here. Um, Pitt's breaking in, new quarterback, new offensive coordinator, no Jordan Addison. Um, don't know what Keaton Slovis is going to be with Pitt, a new OC, completely different time zone, new climate, all that stuff. He's a West Coast guy. And then West Virginia, kind of a program that's it's trying to prove themselves as worthy um, with Neil Brown. I actually, I'm trying to think now off the top of my head who the heck their quarterback is. JT Daniels. That is correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. I don't know how I didn't remember this because this is a matchup of two guys who were at one point at the same school and now they're going head to head in the backyard brawl um, at the, uh, you know, RIP and pieces to Heinz field it is now Acrisure stadium might think about circling back here. I think the play here is probably the under, because I think this one's going to be a knockdown drag out. 21, you know, 20 type game. Maybe whoever has the ball last. I Pitt's ranked. I think that's a lot of what happened last year. And I don't know. This one's tough to call. I'd probably lean picking the under here. I, I if you made me pick a line, I would say give me the points. But yeah, this one's gonna be fun. I'm glad to see the game back on the schedule. Back in the day, it was mm-hmm. one of the most, you know, one of the best rivalries out there. It's a nasty game. I mean, there's real hatred between these teams and their fan bases, and it's good to see this game in, in week one right out of the gate. Um, one thing you did not touch on, Zach, that has me a little interested in West Virginia. In addition to JT Daniels, West Virginia brought in Graham Harrell from USC. So they're going to be going full, okay. yeah, full air raid here. And you kind and of have a, a little bit about Slovis too. Exactly. A little bit about Slovis, a little bit about Daniels, obviously. You have a contrast in styles because without Kenny Pickett and without uh, Mark Whipple, who's moved on to Nebraska from Pitt, Narduzzi is probably going to play old school Narduzzi ball where they run the ball three times and punt. He's got a really, really nasty defensive line. Sneaky, underrated, legitimately one of the best in the country that people just don't really know a lot about. He's got a really good offensive line. I think they're going to run the ball a ton and try to impose their will along the lines of scrimmage. But if Harold and Daniels can chunk the ball around the yard and, and can sort of pick up the tempo and the pace, I think they can contend at over a touchdown here. I wanted to lock in seven and a half. I just can't make myself pull the trigger there. 
I think it's going to be much closer, as you indicated, Zach. I, I think it's going to be like a you know thirty-one twenty-eight type of ball game. Um, maybe the last one with the ball wins. Maybe you know whoever wins the turnover turnover battle wins, which you know it's not hot take there. But um, I think it's going to be competitive. West Virginia needs it. Neil Brown has to have it. This is his hot seat year. Um, their mm-hmm. win total was five and a half coming into the season. If you don't win this one, it might be hard to find five yeah. and a half or six on their schedule. Love okay, the- so which. Well, as I was Which, gonna say um, real go quick, Ben. The one thing that I'm Austin mentioned, I totally forgot about the salty front seven for for Pitt. How does the knee for JT Daniels hold up? Because it, it was never 100 percent when he was at Georgia. I still don't think it is. I, I don't know. Maybe we'll find out on Thursday. But yeah, that's. I think that's the matchup: is the front seven. Can they get JT Daniels on his backside? So, did does anybody in here know who Pitt's offensive coordinator is now? Uh, no. Former NFL guy. Frank Signetti Jr. Does anybody know where he came from? Is it JMU? Boston College. Boston College, okay. Oh, so, okay. so, West Virginia just added an air raid guy from USC, okay. and Pitt adds a guy who's going to run the football. I mean, I can just over the past few years as being a, a casual – college football spectator and gambler Boston college has been, I think one year they scored almost all their touchdowns on defense and special teams. Mm-hmm. Like they're not known for, you know, having a high powered offense. I think that's a very interesting Pitt does return all five starters on the offensive line. That always helps the line at seven and a half. I lean towards take, I mean, I guess the play is to take Pitt and lay the points, but any other year or any other Offensive coordinator, you know, the the shakeup, JT Daniels coming in West Virginia, them and also Graham Harrell, Pitt having this guy come in from Boston College, probably a great offensive coordinator, but they also lose Kenny Pickett. They do return all five, you know, uh, offensive linemen. It's a toss-up, man. I, I mean, I, I guess, you know, I'll lay the points with Pitt. I'm not locking it in. And, and what I was going to finish earlier is any other year with any other co- collection of coaches – I'd probably lock in seven and a half. I just don't know that Pitt's going to play that style of football. And and it's going to be similar to like a Jimbo Fisher type deal where the games are going to be closer than they should be. Exactly. Yeah. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but a good rule of thumb in the past for Pitt and Narduzzi, if the line's under a touchdown, Pitt's going to be competitive and probably win the game and may cover a three or a four. If the line's a touchdown or more, it's just not going to happen as a favorite. Now, they're almost always scrappy as a dog, even against teams like Clemson and Florida State, you know, mm-hmm. North Carolina, whoever may be the the it team that year in the ACC. But you just can't trust Narduzzi laying over a touchdown, not not against anybody with a pulse. Now, I will say, I, I read when I was looking up stuff for this earlier today, there are um, websites out there that say take Pitt all the way to nine and a half. Mm. So I, I don't I don't I agree with that, like but, that. You know, I think SP Plus has it up to 13. Ooh, but no way. To, I mean, to, your, to your point, Ben, I, I did see Signetti's offenses at Boston College ran at 59.8% of the time. Yeah, man, they just they're gonna run the rock. It's not gonna be Kenny so Pickett. Now. And now West Virginia's linebacker uh unit was gutted after last year, but Dante Stills, Taj Alston do come back, twelve sacks, fourteen tackles for loss between the two of them. So yeah, I mean I think this is a maybe this is how every game is because it's college football and you win up front, but 
who's going to be able to get the quarterback on on their backside more? You've got some tackle for loss sack capabilities on both sides of the ball. You know, both two former SC guys playing quarterback, who is going to be able to dodge the rush more? But to Ben's point, maybe Pitt's not really going to have to worry about it too much because they're going to be running the ball. Yeah, when we started talking, I was thinking I was leaning towards laying the points with Pitt. Now, the more that we talk, I just – in a rivalry game, I, I think I might actually grab those points with West Virginia. I, there's going to be a ton of West Virginia fans there. It's the first time they've played in a while. I'm just really looking forward to the game. Truthfully, I think that it's going to be kind of a – maybe more of a, an old-school type game. And I, like, like you said, Austin, this was kind of one of the biggest games I feel like every year back in the day. So I'm looking forward to it. I, I think Pitt might win, especially because they're at home, but I'm, I'm thinking that West Virginia is going to come out and play inspired. Uh, all right. Uh, also tomorrow night, there is, uh, we don't have much to say about Missouri is laying 20 versus Louisiana tech. Do we? Other than, I don't know how the hell Missouri is laying 20 to anybody. No, I don't have much to say, but. I mean, tech maybe must be terrible. Maybe you're looking at a, uh, you know, a good highlight reel for Luther Burden, the five-star freshman that Missouri got. I mean, maybe he'll go off. And the wide out. Yeah, maybe he'll – yeah, he's got his own, like, uh, potato chip line. Maybe he'll make some good plays. Maybe he'll score and then grab some chips from, like, under the goalpost or something. That'd be cool. But Does anybody know who Louisiana Tech's coach is? Yeah, Sonny Cumbie. Sonny Cumbie. Yeah. Give me the Bulldogs and the points. I'm not locking <laughs> it in. I like that though. I mean, you could easily grab twenty. I mean, and look, oh, yeah. it, Missouri ben, can comfortably win, but yeah, they can cover that. Cumby came over from TCU, right? And he brought a TCU quarterback with him to La Tech, so it's going to be a quarterback who's familiar with the new coach's offense. I, I don't yeah, think Matthew they, Downing. Yeah. yeah, I don't think they yeah. beat Mizzou or anything like that. But but Mizzou's going to win by three touchdowns over a team that can chuck it around and score. Mizzou's going to have to score fifty here to cover twenty. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And they're gonna, they are going to exhaust Missouri. Uh, I mean, they're gonna be, they'll be running ragged by the end of the game. Yeah, running their raid. Yeah, love that. All right, a game I do have lines on, and if no one else is gonna lock it in, I will. I will lock in the number here. Penn State on the road at Purdue, another Big Ten game earlier in the season. I love that they are. Penn State is laying three and a half here. Ooh, uh, and Purdue put the uh, railroad track uh, stuff in the end zone too. Um, hmm, you locking in Penn State? Yeah, I I, I think that Purdue's a little bit overrated, and I think that Penn State's a little bit underrated. And I think that you know, you home field can only carry you so far. It's not like Ball State Stadium is the hardest place in the world to play. And I just think that I think that Penn State's gonna gonna come out and be. I mean, really, they've just got to win, pretty much win the ball game. I, I don't see it being like a three point spread. I think they're gonna win this one by, you know, six to ten. Yeah, I could I could see James Franklin really trying to make a statement week one. Um, it's not a hot seat year for him, but I think he's gonna want to come out and make a statement. And yeah, I'm with you. I don't think Purdue's that great. Um, yeah, I. I I'm not locking it in, but I but I but I love it. I, I think Penn State's just better. Austin, you go. All right. I guess I'll be the contrarian here. Um 
Yeah, so, I'm going to be as well. <laughs> yeah, look, I think Purdue's got the better quarterback. I think Purdue has the better head coach. They return 14 starters this year on both sides of the ball. Um, Penn State is 11 and 11 in their last 22 games. Like suddenly they're not even oh. a, an above 500 program. Wow. Um, I think their roster top to bottom might be more talented than Purdue. It almost certainly is just given their recruiting rankings. But Franklin is not coaching these guys up. They're not getting development from him in their program right now. Um, again, I like Aiden O'Connell a lot with Purdue. He lost some weapons. Certainly Bell is gone. He lost another weapon at wide receiver this spring sort of unexpectedly i think to get the kid didn't make his grades apparently um but i trust brahm to, to scheme them up they're going to put points on the board at home i don't see penn state shutting them down at all uh penn state can win this game and i can still cover with the three and a half here across that key number i think there are some even some fours out there and just oh by the way we're talking about this matchup from a coaching standpoint y'all know who penn state's defensive coordinator is now it's manny diaz so you're giving me oh, a, a matchup of Jeff Brom against Manny oh boy. Diaz. Give me the points. So I'm oh. going to piggyback off of Austin here. Um, Aiden O'Connell finished ninth in the FBS in pro football-focused passing grade at, with a 90. Um, to give you some perspective, uh, Sean Clifford for Penn State finished 70th. Um, they all mm. – so – also, Aiden O'Connell made 36 big-time throws last year. I, the better Ooh. quarterback at home on a Thursday, I'm taking the points. I'm also not locking it in. And honestly, Nick, before we got to talking about it, um, I kind of liked Penn State too. But the more I hear Austin talk and the more I think about it with the quarterbacks, give me the points at home. Thursdays are weird. It's not as if West Lafayette's going to be like – a madhouse, but, um, or anything like that. It's not going to be Columbia, South Carolina, uh, circa 2009. But, oh, um, I do think that Purdue still views Penn state as a big brother and Penn state does have better players than Purdue, but you know, maybe Aiden O'Connell can tilt the field that their way. So give me the points too. Mm. What's the, what's, what's Purdue money line looking like? Um, probably two hundred five, one forty. Now it's not very plus one one fifty is what I'm seeing as the highest. Yeah, one fifty. Yep. Yeah, they might they might be a live bet type game. You're speaking Austin's language there. Exactly. Yeah, you you tell me, Manny Diaz is, is running a defense, and oh boy. And and as like all Manny Diaz jokes aside, which I think are completely warranted, it's his first year as coordinator there too. So I mean, they're they're breaking in a new system. A new defense, new faces, familiarity, all that stuff. Meanwhile, you've got Jeff Brown there who's been running a system at Purdue for what, like 10 years now? I mean, it feels like it yeah. um, with a vet, veteran quarterback. And, um, you know, it's a developmental program at Purdue, obviously. Again, they're not going to have the high-end talent that Penn State does. But once they have veterans on both sides of the ball, they tend to be pretty salty. Yeah, I think I'm going to hold off. From uh, from locking it in after everything oh, I've you, heard the you, last couple minutes, he, he crosses <laughs> the lock. <laughs> yeah, thank you, you guys for that. Yeah. Put, you can't triple stamp with double stamp. I'm gonna yeah. put out I'm gonna put out a few feelers next time I have a lock. Austin just <laughs> filed a motion for reconsideration and had it granted by the oh, judge oh, court. Man. Thank you, Your Honor. Legal gambling right. counsel <laughs> back in business. Yeah. 
Yeah, all right. and let me tell you what my other locks are, and I want to see y'all's opinions on those too. Uh, all right. Uh, also, let's move to Friday night. That's about it for for Thursday night as far as we can go. Uh, Virginia Tech at ODU. I just want to get you guys' thoughts on it because I, I, I kind of feel like uh, Virginia Tech, you can get them minus six and a half. I mean, they're they're far more what? talented than Old Dominion. I know they've lost Old Dominion the last time they played down in Norfolk, but I just feel like that's a small, small number. And I know it's a new, you know, new head coach in Brent Pry, and we really don't know what we're going to get out of him. But it just seems like a tiny number for an Old Dominion team that I don't think is all that great. Yeah, I I have no idea what the Monarchs have got this year, but that is awfully enticing. I think a first year coach, um, and you know a a G five program, and that small of a number, I might need to circle back there because I feel like that's a good spot for a first year guy like like Brent Pry to really make a statement. And yeah, like you said, they lost to him in years past and it's in Blacksburg, I assume, correct? No. No, no. It's in it's at Old Dominion. Who the who scheduled that? So all right, ECC so teams Tech, love playing funky games on the road. What? Yeah, Why? yeah. North NC State's going to Greenville, East Carolina, and okay, so a few. Yeah, years what, ago, what is maybe that Mississippi State should join the ACC? <laughs> yeah, Seriously. they love those too. Hey, look, North, North Carolina's Sunday. going to Boone to play App State this weekend. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, a that's death right. wish. Virginia Tech signed a ten-year deal, maybe ten or twelve. I'm not sure with ODU to go back and forth. Uh, Yes, five of which would be in, in Blacksburg, five in Norfolk. Because they want to play in the Tidewater. There's a lot of Virginia Tech fans down there. It's a <laughs> yeah. very different area. And they, they want to, and that's where Mike Vick's from. They want to get yeah, down right. there. But I mean, I it, mean it's, still, it's a bizarre amount of times. It really is. Yeah. I, seriously, though, I, I might circle back because, yeah, there's, there's no chance ODU can uh, look. I know that Virginia Tech's not in contention for the ACC at Coastal, whatever division they're in. But, I mean, come on. Like, physics take over at some point, and I think that they're the better team. But I don't have any analysis for this other than I know that Virginia Tech averaged less than, like, 24 points a game last year on offense. So, if they're going to cover, they're going to have to hold ODU to, like, 10 or 13 so, I mean, they they better play very good defense. They were actually outscored last year as a team. Actually, just lock it up. I'll lock it up. What, minus six and a half? Uh, yeah, we'll get you minus six and a half. Yeah, let's do it. Come on. Come on, Pry. So, last hokey, time. Hokey, 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 Pry. Last time Virginia Tech played at ODU was 2018. They were a four-touchdown favorite, and they lost outright. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, ODU that was returns. Fun, that was that was that was that Fuente music. We ain't got that's that right. Anymore. Yeah, yeah. ODU returns seventeen starters, uh, which would worry me <laughs> if I'm back in Virginia Tech. I do think the line stinks. I, I, I do. I, I think one of you already mentioned it. Virginia Tech, even as bad as their roster is relative to where it has been in the past, it's still better than ODU's roster, right? It has to be. And what's ODU's home field worth here? Like uh, one I mean, and a half? Especially with – I mean, there's it's going to be half of you take fans. Okay, let me 
let me just Grant, propose Grant this. Wells is the starting quarterback. Yeah. Let's yeah. say a very average, let's say a 2012 Ole Miss football, okay, goes to a Southern Miss team that returns 17 starters. Mm-hmm. You're still lame. Do you take Ole Miss minus six and a half and lock it in? Oh, yeah. All day. Yeah. All okay. Day. I feel better now. Okay, so Grant Wells was among the most productive transfers in college football. He completed 64% of his passes for 5,626 yards and 34 touchdowns. The kid's got one of the biggest arms in football. It's just he sprays it all over the place. I mean, he had 22 interceptions last year for Marshall. Yeah, so so that was was two seasons at Marshall, but he was the first freshman to earn first-team All-Conference USA. I know it's Conference USA, whatever, but come on. Like, the kid's – West Virginia native. He's playing for Virginia Tech. I, yeah, I, I'm good with this. There's, come on. It would be Virginia Tech or nothing for me. It just stinks. The line stinks to high heaven. So, Godspeed, Zach. Yeah, it does. What's, what's the worst that, that can happen? They, they, they were one of the, the few teams that went from one and six to a bowl last year. But I mean, also in, in that, that six game win or that five game win streak at the end of the season was. You know, fam- fabled teams such as Louisiana Tech, FIU, FAU, Middle Tennessee, and Charlotte. So, so it's not like they went out and, and beat, you know, North Carolina. I think the play is you've either got to lock in Virginia Tech laying the points or ODU wins. Like, I don't know that Virginia Tech's going to win value, 24 yeah. to 21. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah. That's a good call. I think the, the, the craziest part to me is the over-under here is only 48. Yeah. So they are, they are not expecting many – I mean – Man, that's a gross number. This could be a disgusting Friday night game. I can't time wait sh- for it. Time <laughs> to shock, I'm time to shock the world, over. Grant Wells. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't know if you guys remember when they when they went down there in 2018. It was back when um, Old Dominion was in their old stadium, and yes. it was there was no so press small. box. It it was like rounded, kind of like you would see it uh, at Memphis Stadium, but like on a far smaller level. I'm, I'm talking the end zones were probably 10 or 12 rows. It looked like a really nice, or I should say really large, high school stadium. And that's what yeah. you know, Virginia Tech had half the crowd. And ODU was in a whiteout, and they they, they you know beat them and they rushed the field. It was it was awesome. I kind of hope they do it again this it year. Was, they, 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 it, yeah. it, looked like a, it looked like a small Texas high school stadium. Yes. yes. So now they're, they're, they're also outdated. So now they're at Cornblaw Field at SB Ballard Stadium. Capacity is just under twenty two thousand. What's the name of the stadium? Cornblaw <laughs> Field. K O R N. Shout out to the band. Hell yeah. B L A U and then SB Ballard Stadium. Okay. Okay. So yeah, they opened in twenty nineteen, so fairly new. So. Bones are probably better than Bob anyway. Yeah. yeah, thank you. I appreciate. Yeah. It. Oh, I guarantee it. I guarantee it. All right, uh, <laughs> another Friday game. We won't we won't harp on this one too long because we do have some some good games to get to Saturday. Um, Duke is minus seven against Temple. <laughs> um, this is one of Duke's maybe their only game they're going to be favored in all season. I, I'm actually Man, that under three baby. That's right. Block of the year. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Duke's got this, and they go at Northwestern. Okay, they'll be favored against North Carolina A and T at at Northwestern. They're they're not favored at Kansas. No. I don't know. And then nope. none of those none of the ACC games. This could be 
I mean, they were bad last year, and they only returned 11 starters. Could be a long season. Yeah, I already gave my prediction for Duke on the um, first episode. <clears throat> Give me Temple plus the points. I'm also not locking this in. I do think that Duke can and probably will win this game, and they're going to beat North Carolina A&T, and they're not going to win another game. They're going to go 2-10. and 10. Yeah, I think you're right. Is the total 51? Uh, uh, yeah, she was a little high. Man. Duke is going to be a long way from having Daniel Jones playing quarterback and Peyton and Eli practicing in the spring. <laughs> Good Lord. Oh, yeah. Hoot, hoot, baby. The Austin? I just – you can't lay seven points with Duke. I, I, I mean, I would no. take Temple in the points, and I like the under there too. I don't see these offenses being very prolific. I mean, I know their counterparts on the other side of the ball are also as bad as they are, but I mean, without a pick six or a scoop and score, you know, block punt, something crazy like that, it has to stay in the low twenties, right? At fifty, I don't think we ever yeah. threatened fifty-two. I don't know that some of these players could score against the air. Yeah. To be honest with you. And again, both both teams breaking in new coaching staffs and new offenses, they're going to be trying to find their footing. I think the defenses are going to have the advantage throughout. Again, now, with with bad teams, and these are very much bad teams, there's always a concern that the ball gets snapped over the punter's head or, a, you know, the field goal is blocked and taken to the house. You just don't know. But I, I lean under in the points for sure. Yeah. By the way, Duke won eight total games. Excuse me. They won ten total games in the first eight years of the 21st century, which is just a – it's crazy to me they didn't have one season and it was like four and eight or something. They were just what David Coachman did there every is year. Pretty much equally as impressive as what Saban has done at Alabama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six bowls yeah. in seven years. Yeah, you could say they Cuckoo were good. Was, they was underpaid. Did they end up losing to Johnny Football in that Peach Bowl? Yeah, that yeah, was a heck of a game. Yeah, but they were playing with Texas A and M when they had Johnny <laughs> yeah. Manziel. Yeah. Yeah, which is just bonkers. Yeah, he he. I, I believe, if I remember correctly, he went off late in that game, and they ended up winning. But mm-hmm. it was a ball game right. going into the fourth. I think the yes. gif of saying yes. like of of Manziel on the bench saying what's going on, like the gif. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah I think that's exactly. that game. Yeah, it's yeah. that game. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, the the ultimate fall from grace. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. All right. Next game, uh, also Friday night, maybe the last one of the night. Uh, Illinois, who, you know, looked pretty good last week at Indiana, who was terrible last year. Uh, uh, I'm seeing the line around Indiana minus two or so. It kind of fluctuates between one and a half to three. This podcast is brought to you by Lamar Yard, Oxford's indoor-outdoor restaurant, bar, and entertainment space on South Lamar. They now have an updated menu with non-barbecue options from Tex-Mex to Mississippi Delta catfish to smash burgers. And you can contact Lamar Yard for your private events for the spring and summer. They have a dedicated event coordinator who will help you plan your event from start to finish, and they offer on-site catering. From weddings to Greek parties or corporate events, Lamar Yard is the perfect place to host your next party. Lamar Yard is Oxford's quintessential family and pet-friendly venue, and they look forward to hosting you soon. Check them out at LamarYard.com. And if you want a place for clever dishes and captivating cocktails, look no further than So Wild South Lamar. 
Chef Erica and her committed team of food and beverage enthusiasts are bringing top-notch cuisine and libations to you six days a week. Whether it's happy hour three to six, fresh squeezed margaritas, ramen, two-for-one Moscow mules, all of that and more, the best and brightest in-house or via curbside pickup. Check them out, solaoxford.com or call them at 662-238-3500 and place your order today. Show also brought to you by Memphis restauranteur Kelly English and his restaurant group in Memphis, Tennessee. The renowned chef and his team are offering nationwide shipping and virtual cooking classes with Cooking with Kelly. You can learn more about the nationwide shipping at irisetc.com and you can also book a virtual cooking class online at table22.com slash iris. Kelly English Restaurant Group in Memphis, Second Line Restaurant Iris and the Magnolia House down on the coast in Biloxi. Show is also brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over, see Cody Allen and the rest of the crew take on their challenge of the wide plush Zoiza fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They've got two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, the driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up that short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranchgolf.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head. And PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC. Code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. BXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $129 each, then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $249 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I'll say I'm taking Illinois. I'm taking them outright. Yeah. In about plus plus 30. And I kind of like, I also like the fact that Illinois has already played a game because I've always heard this may be, you know, this may be false, but I've heard my entire life that teams improve more the most improvement all season is from game one to game two. And if you've got a team playing in a big game, I mean, this is a big 10 conference game in week two, and one team's already played somebody who Wyoming's not a great team, but it's not like they were playing Duquesne. I mean, they do have FBS players. The fact that Illinois is playing their second game of the season, I think that's a big, big help. And I, I, I'm going to take Illinois, you know, outright. Obviously not locking in an outright thing, but, yeah, plus 130, it's yeah. too I'll tell you there just solely for the fact that I took Indiana under four wins for the year, and I just think Bird's going to turn this into a a fight in the Culver's parking lot, and they'll just beat them down. 
yeah, I'm, I'm with y'all. I like Illinois here. I like them outright. I think it opened at like three, three and a half, which is crazy to me. I mean, I this think is, the wrong wrong team is favored right. now, but at three and three and a half, that number just made no sense. Um, I will say this. Indiana's bringing in Connor Basilak from Mizzou. Missouri. Mizzou, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's, I guess, interesting at minimum. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who he's going to be throwing to or if they have any weapons. That's, or that's if, a word for it. Yeah, I don't know if Tom Allen, you know, what their offensive approach will be this year. But look, Illinois was impressive in week zero. I know Wyoming is bad. They lost a ton. But I think Burt's going to have them rolling. I, I think Illinois is the better team. So I'm with Nick here. You take Illinois money line. Yeah, I'm, I'm locking in Illinois. Il, Indiana's terrible. Like they they went 2-10 and 10 last year. They averaged 17 points a game, which was 124th in the nation. And they gave up 33 which is 110th. They got outscored on average 33 to 17 last year. And now they're mm-hmm. all of a sudden favored against an Illinois team that's not terrible with a much better coach. I mean, we all love Tom Allen, the person, very nice guy. I mean, anybody w- needs to look at him as a role model and be like, I want to be like Tom Allen. But he's not a football coach like Brett Bielema is. No. So, so give me Illinois, lock it in. What is it, two and a half? Uh, yeah, there's one that's three, but I, I, don't, I see more one and a half than I see anything else. So, I can I get three? And a half. Well, you can on. Let's see what book this is because the website is trash. You can Illinois plus one and a half. Illinois plus three. Yes, Illinois plus three. Okay. So I'm what, 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 ESPN's I mean, got it at plus one and a half. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think that Caesar's number might 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 not be updated. Okay, so we're gonna give some people favorite <laughs> lines here. Like, are you trying to like skew this? I, no, I mean, I know no, that cool. I'm better cool. at this we, than you, want, but like, you we don't have points. to be that obvious about it. You just, you just want ten points. <laughs> Tease it to thirteen. <laughs> no, um, they uh, right, no, yeah, we'll give, give me two. We'll if there's a two and a half, I'll take two and a half. That's fine. Like, I don't think I think we're arguing over semantics. I mean, frankly, I think Illinois wins by like three touchdowns matter of fact i don't know that i would pick indiana against wyoming and so (laughs) okay yeah yeah uh i mean why would you Uh, yeah i I would no they were bad bad last year you're exactly right i I feel like this is stealing money for you ben i like that i like it lock it in whatever number you want i mean illinois is gonna you picked out right it's not like getting points even really matters But give me two right. and a half, whatever get, it is, two, whatever. Get Ti on him here. Yeah, you can have you can have whatever you like, Nick. How about that? <laughs> I gave I hey, I gave shout out two thousand six. Oh, all right. Finally, moving on to Saturday, we got NC State doing something that just it just sounds like a bad idea. They're traveling to Greenville, <laughs> and taking on East Carolina. And uh, I, I mean, East Carolina was seven and five last year. Mike Houston's been there for a few years, kind of maybe okay. gotten things rolling just a little bit in year, in year four. Returned 15 starters. I, I, honestly, you're getting 11 and a half points if you're East Carolina. I might actually lock them in unless Austin wants to talk me out of it again. This is this is very this is very Ole Miss canon here with this because of the Dave Dorn connection, but a lot of hype around the Wolfpack. They're ranked 13th in the country. If this was a Ruffin McNeil ECU team, I might be hesitant. Now I know Mike Houston's been good, but 
and I'm not locking this in at all, but I, I, I have a sneaky suspicion the Wolfpack are going to be pretty salty this year. Um, now, with that, they are 4-11 and against the spread in the last 15 road games, um, and ECU is 8-2 and against the spread in their last 10 games as a double-digit underdog. But I don't know, man. I, all jokes aside, I think Dave Doran's done a really nice job in Raleigh, and I, and I think that NC State is kind of – lurking in the shadows in the ACC and they might kind of buy their time and wait on, you know, will Clemson be able to rebound and, and get back to their winning ways? Is DJ Uyongalele going to be the five-star that they thought he was? You know, North Carolina's not going to be what they were a couple of years ago. Florida State's still struggling. It, I don't know. I, I I'm not saying lay the points, but – NC State though, a lot of lot of hype going into this season. So what do you have it at eleven and a half, Nick? Yeah, yeah. You can get eleven on NC State. You can get eleven okay. and a half on East Carolina. I don't. I, I don't know. I again, not locking it in. I would lay the points. Dave Warren has beat ECU ninety-two to nine in their last two meetings. Okay. Yeah, and. <laughs> It's week one I mean, on the road, trap game, NC State, all that stuff, but they're better. NC State also returned 17 starters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're going to – I want to say their front seven is pretty good. Noon, road game, I don't know. I kind of feel like and it's not a far drive. I feel like that always kind of neutralizes that early start where it's not a far drive. They're the better team. Yeah, I would lay the points. I'm I'm not locking anything in, but I, I will lay the points as well. Yeah, same for me. I mean, it's a pretty stale number at this point. It opened at eight, which I think is crazy. It immediately oh, went to like 10, that. 10 and a half, and then now it's up over 11. NC State is probably going to win the ACC this year. I guess Clemson's the only thing that stands in their way, and granted, that's a, that's a pretty big obstacle, but – they return a ton, as Ben mentioned. They're going to have a really nasty defense. The one thing that would give me some concern about laying a number over 10 is that Dave Doran doesn't play to, like, run up the score. Now, I, I know the combined score against East Carolina over the last couple of years has been really lopsided. But Doran's not the type of dude to put 50 on somebody. You know what I mean? Like, I think they'll get in and get out. I can see, like, a 31-13, you know, 31-17. You're kind of sweating it out late. But – uh I like NC State, man, and I will be I will be on them, I suspect, during ACC play. But I'm going to sit this one out. If I had to bet it, lay uh, lay the points. All right, fine. I won't lock in NC State. Uh, you did you did kind of bury the lead there and say that they're ACC favorites, but they've got to go on the road and knock off Clemson. So I mean, yeah, that's like no, Ole Miss is, you know, West favorites, but we've got to go beat Alabama. Well, it's not when you've beaten (laughs) that team the year before and you return basically your entire team intact. And so I know last year was at NC State, and this year they will have to go to Clemson. But I don't think Clemson's offense is going to scare anybody again this year. So um, now I think Clemson's defense is going to be filthy. It'll be a hell of a game. But uh, you're right. No, I'm not not giving them the ACC. I'm just saying, if you beat Clemson, they're going to win it. Where is that? Game? Yeah, no, you're you're right. That's in it's in Clemson, uh, which is okay. pretty much just gr- Grenada with the leg. 
Um, it's very basically. true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they got a cool. They got a cool slide though in their in their IPF. Yeah, that, that's all that matters. And, they, and that, they've got that. and they and they've got trust fund Hugh Freeze uh, playing dress up and all that. So. Yeah, I don't God, say now he's gonna and, tweet at us. <laughs> slide and IPF greater than NIL. That's for sure. <laughs> the algorithm of the transcript from the podcast is going to pop up in his newsletter. It's going to happen. Watch. This is another game, also at 11 a.m., also in the state of North Carolina, also an ACC team traveling to a, a G5 team. And this line stinks to the high. The high heaven. heaven? Speaking of Hugh Freeze. High heaven. UNC is minus one. At App State, it's actually flipped kind of back and forth. Ooh. You can actually get you can get either team at plus one or either team at minus one, so it's right around a pick 'em. And Ooh. I just that's just that that just the slate. Crazy. The slate is too good for me to lock this in. I want to wait and let some things marinate. But I'm gonna tell you all this. I know it was a nobody, but Drake May is gonna. Tar Heel fans are going to forget about Sam Howell real quick because that dude is the truth. Yep. That that dude has got arm talent out the you-know-what. And, I mean, in the pocket, off-platform, made it look easy. I know it was Florida A&M, but I think he's incredibly talented. And, look, the jokes write themselves of Phil Longo, but – He's going to give that guy as many opportunities as he can to let it spin. Um, who knows? I mean, I, I, I need to get – I'm already two in. I might need to get some refills. I might circle back here because I do feel like it is very trendy for the, well, they're going to Boone, and, you know, it's a tough place. I get all that, but I think that quarterback play typically wins out in games like this, and Drake May is legit. Yeah, I, agree I also with you. think it's a North Carolina team that's not – I mean, they're not really predicted bottom of the ACC. And at the end of the day, I mean, App State's, I think, a pretty good team, but every player on North Carolina's roster is an ACC player. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't I'm, really say the same yeah. thing about App State. Yeah, I mean, I'm they're not going to have they're not, of, they're not assy by any means. Like, they're going to be fine. I'm not going to add a lot of analysis on top of that, but I am going to lock in yes. over 55 or yeah. whatever the number Whoa. you can get. Love that. Yeah. yeah, we can get you over 55. Is there no, a 54? I... Do I hear 54? No. Um, <laughs> I'm going to lock in uh, 55. Look, yes, um, Drake May is legit, and that's part of the reason why. But, man, they they didn't look great on defense against Florida A&M, and I have to think that App State's going to be better on offense than they are. I think this is a shootout, and I think over 55 is the play here. Um, Zach, you wow. said it's trendy to take App State, and I agree with that. However, they've kind of earned that respect. So I would just be careful locking North Carolina in at a one-point favorite. I do think there's just, like, betters who like playing App State for whatever reason. It's kind of like, you know, at the Alabama effect or the Ohio State, you know, whatever, just on, like, a smaller level. They just know that, like mm-hmm. you said, they're trendy. But um, I, I do think that this game busts the over. So – I think I'm with Zach on this. Um, and Zach, if you don't lock it in, I may circle back to lock it in. I think I've got a couple more on the board that I like more than this one. But top to bottom, 
UNC has recruited at a really, really high level over the last four years. I think their four-year recruiting average is like top 20 in the country. Now, yeah, it's it's comparable to Ole Miss, honestly. Yeah, exactly. Jump and again, man. we know that Phil Longo has his flaws and Mac Brown is obviously, you know, does Mac Brown things at times. But top to bottom, these rosters are not anywhere close. The dudes that App State gets are the dudes that wish they could have played at, at North Carolina. And that's not to say they don't have good players or can't be good. That's not to say they can't win the game. They can. But if you're giving me better quarterback, better roster, then you're just saying that the road, you know, playing on the road has to make up that difference. I don't see that. Certainly not at the margin that we have to win by here. You just win the game. Basically, it, North Carolina just win the game. Yeah. You cover. And I, I, like it's going to be a hornet's nest for sure. I mean, they're going to be they're going to be rowdy and riled up, and it will be sort of a big brother, little brother matchup but i love north carolina in this spot and i think the line move here represents exactly what i talked about to open the pod which is a big overreaction for what people saw in week zero with north carolina who kind of just rolled their helmets out there and let fau stick around or fmu rather stick around for a lot longer than they should have i don't think that's an indication of how north carolina will play this weekend i think the hills win and maybe win by double digits i and look, yeah, I mean, they quote unquote struggled, but they dropped 56 on, on FAMU right. by, just, by just rolling out. The, yeah, I mean, does does App State have a guy that can cover Josh Downs? I, I don't think so. I mean, Omari and Hampton ran for over 100. Drake May threw for almost 300 in a snoozer of a game. Like, yeah, I mean. And by the mm-hmm. way, App State's quarterback is still Chase Bryce, who fled the ACC because <laughs> he couldn't hack it there. And now he's going to see another ACC defense. And again, North Carolina is not going to be like the best defense in the country or even probably top 20. But Chase Bryce sucked against this level of competition for all of his career in the ACC. And he's done okay at App State, but he has struggled with turnovers at times. So I just don't trust Bryce in this situation. I think the roster is – North Carolina's favor, and obviously the quarterback position is not even close. Chase Chase Bryce is on that Alex Tejada graduation plan. Yeah, that, that dude's been there forever. All right, yeah, I I, I agree with what y'all said. I, I definitely think that that this game will be one of the more fun games on Saturday. I'm glad to see. I don't personally want to miss going in state playing on the road against these smaller teams. But I'm. It's fun to see other teams do it. And you said this is uh, this right. is 11 a.m. too. Hell yeah. Yeah, this is 11 a.m. kick. It's 11 a.m. kick. All right, 2:30 kick. I am locking this one in. Arkansas hosts Uh-oh. Cincinnati. I understand Cincinnati's kind of reloaded. They're a you know playoff team last year. They still lost a lot. I think Arkansas is going to put some points up. I think they want to look good in the first week to kind of impress and you know get their their season kick started. You know, 11 to one with only a loss to Alabama incoming. I'm sure. Uh, it's minus six and a half, and I think they're winning by more than seven. Yeah, I mean, this one's this one's going to be fun. Um, Cincinnati's four and one against the spread in their last five as an underdog, but Arkansas is eight and two against the spread in the last ten games in September. They've had some hiccups in the past early on, uh, losing to some very very you know. Not nearly as talented teams. Um, the the news and notes here are just Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, you've got Cincinnati eight and two against the spread in the last ten against ranked opponents. Arkansas seven and three against the spread in the last ten as a ranked team. 
I'm with you though. You've already locked it in, so I can't. But yeah, I'll tell you, I, Cincinnati's replacing a ton. No more Desmond Ritter. They Sauce Gardner's gone. I, yeah, I mean, I, I think, and I, I, I think this Arkansas team is going to be really good this year. You got another year. KJ Jefferson with Kendall Bryles. They've got you know Bumper Pools back for year twelve at Arkansas. They've got some mm-hmm. really good. Um, uh, cattle on the safety is really good. I think their defense is going to be solid with uh, Barry Odom. Yeah, I love this pick. I, I it, It's a trendy game. It's fun because it's two ranked teams. I don't think Cincinnati should be ranked. Um, it, it's going to be a raucous environment at Razorback Stadium. Um, a lot of hype around this Arkansas team. So, yeah, I love this pick. This is a head versus heart situation for me here. I I think Arkansas under a touchdown at home, that to me feels like you're getting crazy good value against a really, really good group of five team, but it's still a group of five team nonetheless. I mean, I, you know, I think Fickle's incredible, one of the best mm-hmm. coaches in the country, but they lost a ton of talent, particularly in the secondary. Um, they lost Desmond Ritter, who, you know, I don't think he was great, but he did manage to lead them to an undefeated regular season last year. Um if it was over a touchdown, I think I'd have to take Cincinnati under a touchdown. I lean Arkansas. Um, yeah. I, I do think the narrative around Arkansas, though, is getting a little little crazy. Last year's Arkansas team, the team that went 9-3, and three, that almost went 10-2, and two, but for, you know, Ole Miss beating them in Oxford, where Matt Corral threw – how many interceptions did Matt Corral throw last year, guys? Six. Was it okay. – It was six. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that that team that went nine and three returned nineteen starters from the year before. Okay, so that that was their year. Like the window may have closed. We mm-hmm. this, the same. It's the same conversation we're having with Tennessee this year. Like I feel like people like to yeah. say, well, if they were good last year, think about what they're going to be this year, without really stopping to consider that maybe last year was the year. <laughs> so, like they this last year nineteen stars back. This year less than half of that are back. Their defensive line gets wiped out. They lose their best player, Traylon Burks. I'm not impressed with Jefferson at quarterback. I've said that a million times on the pod. Um, I think they're going to rely heavily on the run game, probably grind Cincinnati down over the course of the game just with SEC athletes, you know, against Cincinnati's athletes. Arkansas does return their entire offensive line. But if it comes Mm -hmm. down to Jefferson's arm, Cincinnati's going to have a shot here. If they can stack the box and make Jefferson throw the ball, they're going to be in the game. I don't. I don't think it does simply because y'all know who the quarterback is for Cincinnati. Nope. No clue. A transfer from Eastern Michigan who threw fourteen touchdowns and seven interceptions last year. Sick. He's just not a guy with with big numbers. I, and I don't necessarily think that. I mean, they they do return eight guys on on the offense, but like you mentioned, they return five guys on defense. That's a team that now not comparing twenty twenty one Alabama with 2022 Arkansas, but y'all saw what Alabama did to them. They just sat on them in that playoff game last year and didn't have to do anything. And I think that the caliber of, of, of player in Arkansas is still enough that they can do that. When you take out a guy like Desmond Ritter, which was, you know, a big part of that Cincinnati team, I think Arkansas is going to have to do that. And they just have to, they just have to cover by a touchdown. It's, you know, the line's not 10 or anything absurd. And if they win, you know, 35 to 28, they cover. Yeah. Yeah. I like it, Nick. So I'm a 
I'm a big believer in programs that know how to win. And Cincinnati is one of those. They're 44 and seven since 2018. I mean, think about that. That's like, yeah. they've lost seven games in five years. 86 percent of their games that doesn't matter here nick you're spot on i would have locked it in had you not this is this is a i i I expect a two you know 14 to 17 point win for arkansas simply because they're just and i I think it's going to be a little bit of fool's gold because of how much cincinnati lost and i agree with austin that arkansas has really not got you know, great players coming back, you know, outside of, I guess you could consider KJ Jefferson great. But this is going to be more about Cincinnati taking a step back um, and Arkansas just being fine. I mean, game one at home against a lesser opponent, um, I, I think that the, it's a 10, 14, 17 point win, easy cover, good luck. You know, I'm actually going to play this in a teaser um this weekend where i'm going to actually do the no-no and tease it across the line uh at arkansas plus four but i'm very confident they're going to win either way yeah i think i think so i just think you know arkansas is just a better team and i, I don't I, I agree with what you said austin i think that the hype train's a little bit off the rails but i don't think it's gonna come off the tracks and you know at least in week one uh, all no, right uh, unfortunately i think y'all are right yeah, I, I, and I can't wait for it to come off the track. Trust me about that. That's for sure. Uh, so, 2.30 game, Georgia is – I believe this one's in Atlanta, you know, the, the neutral site uh, game in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, Georgia is minus 16.5 against Oregon. Mm-hmm. And I believe Oregon Dan, – Dan Landing was the – he was the coordinator last year at Georgia, right? I He was. Efforting. Let me Let me Google – yeah. yeah. So, correct. so he'll he'll know a little bit about Georgia, but I mean, they don't have the horses. Um. Yeah. And uh, do y'all know who's playing quarterback for Oregon? Uh, Bo Nix. That, that is correct. That is uh, one Bosif Nix. Um. Seventeen. You said seventeen. Uh, 16 and a half or, or six, 17, yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, that's a big number. Um, I just, man, Oregon's pretty up there in the polls for a first-year coach. I I know this isn't the 2021 Georgia defense, but it's Georgia. The payroll over there, the defense is going to be just fine. It's at the bends. Man, Oregon's one and four against the spread in the last five AP ranked matchups. Georgia's pretty good against the spread in the last 10 games against ranked non conference opponents or seven and three. I, I won't lock this up, but just for the sake of the pod here and some good fodder, I, I would lay the points here. I feel like this is, yeah. George is just going to be too much, and I, I think Oregon's talented. Bo Nix is fine; like he's not bad. Yeah, he's going to have some, you know, some some knowledge playing against Georgia from you know being at Auburn. But this is just a different animal. I, I think that it'll be cute early on, 
I think there'll probably be some good, you know, they'll be feeling each other out early. It'll be, you know, like a, you know, the, the cliche of a boxing match, but I just think just too much Georgia, there's too much talent across the board. Stetson Bennett's back. He's going to be good enough to get you, you know, I mean, this could be like a 31, 10 game, 31, I don't know, 34, 13. I don't know. I'm trying to do math in my head with my prediction, but I think Georgia wins comfortably. I would lay the points. I think it's just, too much speed on defense for for Oregon to deal with, and yeah, it's yeah. Th- this one could get ugly. Well, why not did? And I was going to interject real quick and say I know Ole Miss went to Orlando and played at FSU. It's not exactly across the country though. Why would you ever sign up for this game if you're an Oregon administrator? Didn't they say, sign hey, this, this one up? Game we want to play. Didn't they sign up late for this one because of Dan Lanning? I they could you could be right on that. I just I, I just it's absurd. If I'm going like over across country that. to play Georgia, I'm just going to go to Athens, and we're going to at least get the benefit of playing a, a true road game <laughs> environment. You just you just you get nothing from a, from a ratings perspective. You get nothing from to, to go play all the way in Georgia, not get the benefit of actually playing a road game. You're just playing a neutral site game at what is essentially a road game. I mean, I've been. I'm in the process of reading Shoe Dog right now, and I'm still not going with Oregon. Like, <laughs> not a not a chance. Phil Knight will be in the building, and I mean, what a goat! I mean, Tinker Hatfield might be there too. Just no chance. It, defending national champions, Kirby's going to try to really stick it to Dan Lanning, and you know, no ill will, but I mean, just. They know each other's tendencies, so there's going to be some some nuance to that. But I, just too much talent. All right, so I have to think that Georgia's going to take at least a half step back on defense this year. I know they're loaded. I know <laughs> yeah. they've recruited at an elite level over the last four years. Um, they got their machine rolling under Kirby. They're great. I'm not. I'm not knocking them at all. But they they can't possibly be what they were last year. They just can't. On the other hand. I think Oregon might actually be reaching their peak in terms of talent. Cristobal left the cupboard stocked there. I mean, surprisingly, he didn't take like half the team cross country with him to Miami when he left that job. Their offensive line is really, really good. And I think matches up really well with Georgia's defensive line. Now, I've got concerns about Bo Nix going against the Georgia defense. He obviously couldn't really hack it at Auburn against SEC defenses. Um, I don't expect him to suddenly be like, you know, significantly better than he than the Bo Nix we saw at Auburn. But I do like his reunion with Oregon's offensive coordinator, um, Dillingham, who was actually at Memphis with Norvell and then ended up at Auburn and then followed Norvell to Florida State. Now he's at Oregon. I think he's a pretty damn good coordinator. I think he's smart enough to understand Nix's limitations. He's familiar with Nix's skill set. I think they're going to run the ball or at least try to, to keep it close. The number feels dead on for me, but if it creeps up from 17, like if we start getting into 18, 18 and a half territory, I think you got to go with Oregon and just make Georgia prove it to you. I, I liked your numbers, Zach, like 31, 13 kind of makes sense to me. 31, 14 makes sense. If you start getting closer to 18, 19, 20, say it goes crazy by the end of the week and we get closer to three touchdowns, I think I got to pull the trigger on the Ducks 
for now to sit it out and wait and see. I expect Georgia to win the game, no doubt. I just think 17 is asking a lot from a team that is retooling a lot on the defensive side of the ball and really has never had a dynamic offense. And I don't expect them to have a dynamic offense this year either. I think that to add to what you said, I think that in order for um, Georgia to cover this line, they're going to have to score late, like a late touchdown. Yeah. That'll backdoor you. I I think that it's. I'm even more a little more bullish than you. I think anything 17 and a half or over, you absolutely have to take uh, Oregon. Um, anything less than 17 gets a little bit trickier. But to be honest with you, I'm going to take the points anyway. Do I think that Georgia's going to win? Yes, I do. But I, I'm with you. I think the Oregon offensive line is really good. They've got a lot more talent than people are giving them credit for. And yeah, we all t- everybody talks about Bo Nix. But they also have Ty Thompson. I mean, he was mm-hmm. a former five star. It's not like they they're just going to be awful at quarterback. And and to and yes, Bo Nix. Let's just he's not great, but he's seen Georgia before. It's not like this is going to spook him to go to Atlanta and play Georgia if there's eighty thousand Georgia fans in the uh in the bins. And so, by the way, by the way, he's an upgrade at quarterback for Oregon this year. Now, that, yeah. that's more about how bad they were last year at QB, but they went on the road and beat Ohio State last year. Yeah, they ran for 270 in that game. I don't think that they're going to run for 270 against Georgia. Georgia's uh, a tougher matchup for them. I'm just saying keeping it within 17 points seems very reasonable to me. So um, give me Oregon. All right, next up is uh, the – Ole Miss Rebels taking on the Troy Trojans. And the uh, only line I'm seeing is Ole Miss laying 21 and a half. I, I know nothing about Troy. Y'all are going to have to talk about this. I mean, I'm going to take Ole Miss minus 21 and a half because they're begging betters to take Troy. And I'm going to I'm gonna lay the hook on the high side uh, simply because of that and, and hope for the best. I mean, I know nothing about Troy at all. We don't really even know who our starting quarterback is publicly yet, so I'm not really sure. I think Zach Evans has a big day. The running backs will. We're going to be way more talented than Troy, so lay the 21 and a half and go from there. This is part two of my teaser where I'm teasing it down to Ole Miss minus 11 and a half. Oh, that's easy money there. I mean, I think I'd lay the 21 and a half. You talk about the quarterback competition. You don't know who the starter is. I don't think it matters. I think they're both going to play for at least the first three or four weeks. You mentioned Zach Evans. Yeah, big day. I I think the running backs are going to get a lot of pub here. Just because I think they're they're going to run a lot early on to help the quarterbacks get settled into games. But... Yeah, I don't need to know a lot about Troy. I mean, John Sumrall, the former Ole Miss linebackers coach, is the head coach there now. They're not going to be able to compete up front against Ole Miss. Um, I know there's a lot of new faces, a lot of new names. There's some returning guys, but I think Ole Miss kind of has one of the more sneakier, spicy offensive lines in the country. Um, You add a guy like Mason Brooks. You've got some, you know, new faces like Jaden Williams, who was really flashed in fall camp. And then you've got the returners like Nick Broker, Jeremy James, Eli Acker, Caleb Warren. I think they're going to be 
just physically more imposing up front. And then, yeah, Zach Evans, Ulysses Bentley, um, Kentrell Bullock, Quinchon Junkins, the freshman, I think he's going to be just incredibly dynamic this year. I think he's going to play a lot. Um, but come on, I don't have to look at a depth chart or look at a roster or any kind of scouting report to know that Troy has no one that can match up with Michael Trigg. Um, I think just they're still trying to figure out the wide receiver room, but guys like Malik Heath, um, Jonathan Mingo, uh, it, it, just pick a guy. I mean, there's almost guys are going to be running all over the place wide open, whether it's Luke Altmaier, Jackson Dart, or even Kincaid Dent. I think they're going to score at will. Um, yeah, I like Ole Miss here big. I think that the uh, the total is something to look at, 58. Um, I mean, I could see a, you know, something like a 52 to seven that might just get you over it. But I mean, that's not too crazy to think that that's something that could happen. Um, I think the front seven for, for Ole Miss is going to be actually pretty good this year. I, I think, um, this is a money year for Cedric Johnson. He's out of the shadow of Sam Williams. He changed his number. He went to a single digit. So, you know, he's, you know, on demon time now. Um, and then you've got some linebackers that are trying to make a name for themselves. Troy Brown is going to try to be a guy that can follow in the footsteps of Chance Campbell, Mark Robinson, two guys that are on NFL rosters right now. Um, and then some guys that have been waiting in the wings to, uh, to make a name for themselves, you know, Demon Clowney. Um, yeah, there's just guys on defense. I think they're going to be hungry to, to really make a statement this year, but yeah, I like Ole Miss big here. Um, not a huge blowout win, but I think maybe I might circle back here for the total. Um, but yeah, I like Ole Miss. Yeah, can't can't add much. I, I like Ole Miss, so this is not to make the case for Troy at all. I'm kind of warming up to an under, though, um, Zach. Which I think I'm I'm contrary to you on this. I, Troy returns, I think, 18 starters, so pretty veteran group. Summerall, you know, is going to have the defense probably that they're they're better unit. You know, I'm assuming he's going to take more of an interest on that side of the ball. Um, and I think if we're going to rotate quarterbacks, which I expect Kiffin to do. I'm not sure if we're going to chunk it around and air it out as much as just get them looks in different downs and distances, see, you know, how they feel, get the feel of the game, get their footing, get some traction. I think we lean on the run game here pretty heavily, though. I think we probably get into the high 30s, low 40s, but I don't see Troy getting into the 20s. I think our defense is going to be surprisingly good, and we – the, the, the funny thing about last year with Matt Corral and Lebby and the perception of our offense and the tempo and all that we had going for us, it's funny. We were a stone-cold under team last year. Um, our defense is the one that carried us over the second half of the season. I don't know if it that trend will continue throughout the year this year, but I expect this defense to be pretty nasty, especially against a team like Troy. I just don't see Troy putting points on the board. And so you're going to ask Ole Miss to do most of the heavy lifting here to get over 58. I, I don't think we're breaking 42, not necessarily because we can't. I just think if you're rotating quarterbacks to try to see what you have, you, nobody's going to have time to get really, you know, any continuity to get any momentum. And if we're going to lean on the run, which I suspect we will, I think it's something like 38, 13, 
which gets us comfortably under, right? Yeah. So I may circle back to locking that under, Zach. We may be oppo here. Yeah, we might be battling for a couple locks there. I, I don't hate that because, yeah, leaning on the run game and like Ole Miss could run for 350, and this could be like a, you know, 42 to 3 game. Yeah, and not not just the quarterback. Like I think we're going to work in some young wide receivers too. I, I think Kiffin's going to want to find out what we've got in the first four weeks of the season. And if you're going to mix people in, like these are the games to do it in. Um, so you may see some young guys get snaps in like the second series. And not to say they're not talented. I think they are. I think a lot of those guys have really bright futures in Oxford. It's just, you know, are you against a veteran defense, um, can you count on those kids to put up 42 points. I'm not so sure in the first week. I just know nothing about Troy. I thought, I think that Ole Miss is going to be with Sands Corral, obviously as good as, as last year, if not better, pretty much everywhere else running, running back room got better receiver room. Let's just call it a push. Dontario Drummond was very good in college. So I'm going to, I'm going to call that a push, you know, if not slightly a little worse, maybe tight end got better with Trigg. Uh, the defensive line as a unit is better, but Sam Williams was enormous. Yeah. Um, linebacker room, I'm going to say l- l- lesser. I mean, Mark Robinson made an NFL roster, so did Chance Campbell, until until I see him play. I mean, that we might get out there, these guys may be better than what Ole Miss had last year. And then the secondary got is better than last year, frankly. I mean, I don't know. Is this yeah. the best secondary Ole Miss has had since, you know, Sinquez and Mike Hilton and Cody Pruitt were in the backfield? Yeah, like – Oh, easily, yeah. 2014 unit and then as good as like the 2008 unit when you had Jamarcus Sanford, Kendrick Lewis, Marche Green, Charles Sawyer. Like, yeah, I mean, this is a very deep – talented and it's a good mix of you've got miles battle aj finley otis reese and then you've got some young dudes like taishim johnson deandre prince i think davison igbenosin is going to play a ton um yeah i mean the back end is as good as Ole miss has had in a long time so um yeah the the question is the second level it you know how can you replace chance campbell and Mark Robinson. Um, you got some some transfers in there, Troy Brown, Kari Coleman, you know, the hybrid guys like Aishim Young and Ladarius Tennyson. Like, how are they going to factor into the 3-2-6? But, yeah, I mean, obviously all the attention's on the offense and who's going to replace Matt Corral. But, yeah, this one, you know, and, and as good as we have – broken this game down i mean who knows like we could we could see them come out on saturday and both altmeyer and dart throw for 250 and they blow them out but oh yeah exactly i mean we don't know it's week one dude we have no idea like we're yeah we're speculating completely here all right i guess nick is still dealing with some technical difficulties let me uh let me grab the wheel real quick before we hit the uh the median here um all right so looking at saturday another big game utah top 10 utah 
Kyle Whittingham in that machine over there going to Gainesville. Six o'clock ESPN. We have got this one. Utes minus three. I'm going to go ahead and jump in here. I'm locking in Utah minus three. I, I think that I don't know what people are seeing here. I know that there's a lot of buzz about Billy Napier. He finally bet on himself for so long, got a power five job. He's in Gainesville. I mean, they are recruiting as good as anyone right now, but that doesn't really factor into this game. This is under the lights in Gainesville, in the swamp. I think that Whittingham's bunch is going to be more than prepared. It's a veteran bunch. You've got Cam Rising back. I, I think that this is a game that the Utes will, dare I say, handedly win here. I, I think that, and I don't think this is talking out of turn here. I think they had a real shot to beat Ohio State in that Rose Bowl if Cam Rising doesn't go down. They they lost by three. And I mean, if, if um, Njigba doesn't exist, they win it handily, but he went off. But I love Utah in this spot. I, I think that they just are going to absolutely beat down Florida. I, I Anthony Richardson is is incredibly talented physically. I just don't see him being able to beat a Utah team that is top 10 preseason. Whittingham has got a machine going over there in Salt Lake. I, I love the Utes here, and I'm locking that in. Yeah, I love that pick. I love that pick. I, I... I don't I don't really understand the number. I guess you have to make it this number. Now granted, it only opened at like Utah minus one and a half. So we've moved out to three now. Money is definitely steaming in on Utah, which you don't always feel great about. But this Florida roster is not the Florida roster of years past. Um look, they basically quit on Mullen last year. So while they were still relatively talented, they didn't have the will or motivation to to play hard for him to finish out the year strong. And then they lost a ton of those guys, including one defensive transfer to Utah. Their Florida's returning, or I'm sorry, would have been um, leading returning tackler left to go to Utah as a linebacker. Um, we tend to do this in a lot of matchups. You go, you know, coach versus coach, who's got the better quarterback, who has the better lines of scrimmage. All of those, all of those are in Utah's favor. Um, now, that might not be the case in a couple of years, um, but it's certainly the case right now. I think Napier is a pretty good coach and he's a, a, a very good recruiter, but I do wonder if he's gotten a little too much credit as a coach because at ULL, he almost always had the better roster in conference. I mean, he was beating up on teams like UL Monroe where Napier had dudes who were borderline SEC players against guys who, you know, didn't have like, couldn't sniff an SEC offer. Um, I also think it's noteworthy that Napier brought over three or four transfers from ULL to Florida. Now, you can interpret that in two ways. You can say, man, ULL had really good players and Napier recruited SEC-level athletes there. Or you could say Florida's roster was so bad that ULL players came over and are going to be their starters this year. I think maybe the truth is somewhere in the middle. And if that's the case, that does not bode well 
for a matchup against a team that could be a playoff contender this year. I, I think Utah is the cream of the crop in the, the Pac-12, despite the height that USC is getting. I think Utah is the better team. Again, better coach, better quarterback, better lines of scrimmage. If the only thing going for you is the weather, I, like that's not a very strong case or great reason to make a bet. I love the pick, Zach. I think I think Utah wins and wins comfortably here. I kind of like the over 51 because I think Utah gets mid-30s, maybe high 30s. You're not asking Florida to do much if Utah gets to 38. To score so, two touchdowns, right? That, that's it. So Florida was 3-10 and 10 against the spread in 21 and, and did not cover its last seven games. I did not realize that Florida lost to – South Carolina, Missouri, and a bowl loss to Central Florida. Yeah. I mean, this is not a good football team. They will be one day. I know a couple episodes ago I, I said that I, I might take Florida here. And the line is funky to me because of that. I I don't know why it's at two and a half. I mean, betters dictate the line. Yeah, I mean, there are there are, Vegas will set lines, but the mm. betters will dictate and apparently either the wells haven't come in yet to to lay points on Utah or I don't know. I don't know what the public versus the, the number or the, uh, the amount of uh, the bets are uh, as opposed to each other in this game. But nevertheless, I mean, I'm with y'all. I, I take Utah also. I, I don't, I don't get this. I, I'll tell you this. If Utah had USC on their helmet. Yeah. This, this is like 11 and a half point line. Exactly. Exactly. Just so for whatever reason, Utah doesn't get the, get the national respect that the blue I mean we talk about this all the time you had to be good at football between about 1975 and 1995 or or you know the media just doesn't think you're a blue blood that's when they were created exactly Utah was not Utah's good like very very good very Very good good. they they should make the college football playoff I think they will and last point that the whole weather thing I mean not to get like weird about this but like how many kids on Utah's roster are Samoan or Polynesian? Like you think humidity in Florida is like going to bother kids that grew up in Hawaii or the islands? I, I don't, I don't think so. No. And I think that was a bigger deal back when people recruited their state only. That's I mean, right. now, you know, Utah might have 10, I haven't looked at their roster, but they have 15 guys on their roster from Florida. We don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Southern Again, California, they're going mean, to they're going to start a linebacker who literally played at Florida last year. So I think that the weather stuff is really, really overblown. And by the way, isn't this a nighttime kick? Yeah, yeah, that's right. It'll be yeah, six o'clock Central Time. So good pick, Zach. Yeah, you, Utah four and one against the spread in the last five when favored by three or less. It, yeah, I mean, Austin, you you mentioned the, the USC hype and. I know that Lincoln Riley and they've got all the NIL stuff going. I saw some guys today were signing with luxury car dealers to, you know, drive S classes around. I I think Utah makes the college football playoff. I I love this team. I think Cam Rising is gonna be coming back with a vengeance after, you know, getting knocked out of that Rose Bowl. I think he's gonna be really, really, really just man on a mission this year i i think florida is gonna be good in a couple years because i do think napier is a really good coach and they're recruiting at a high level um i just i don't 
I don't think Anthony Richardson can can beat a Utah team that's preseason top ten and coached by Kyle Whittingham. I, I think that, and you you mentioned the SC thing. Like I, I think this Utah team, I don't think I don't think the Trojans want that smoke right now. No, no. I, I think that Utah is legit. They proved they were last year in that Rose Bowl. I mean, that was a one of the best games I've seen in a long time. And I mean, that was a CJ Stroud you know, in his bag game where he had to give everything. He had to hit everything in that game to to win it. Um, yeah, and Utah's so, playing re- receivers at corner. They were so banged up in that game. Oh, yeah. They, had, know, they, had, a, they had a running back covering in Jigba. Exactly, facing NFL receivers. I mean, <laughs> and they still <laughs> yeah. fall tooth and nail. Yeah. So, um, all right, moving on. Uh, Saturday, 6.30 – Big one here, um, talking about recruiting. I mean, there are five stars, four stars everywhere. LeBron will probably be in the building for this one. Notre Dame at Ohio State. Um, top five matchup here. Marcus Freeman in his opener premiere as a head coach. Um, Ohio State, we talked about Stroud. Um, I've seeing this as Ohio State 17 man I've gone I, I looked at this one earlier I've thought about it while we've been doing this show I'm going back and forth on this one I'm not locking it in by any means I feel like I'm taking the points here I feel like Notre Dame is going to be able to keep this one close I feel like Ohio State wins it 17 is a lot big number go ahead Ben no no go ahead I was going to, I mean, big number, which is unfortunate because it, it has all the hype and all the billing, you know, should be supposed to be a great game. And then you see a number like 17 and a half and you realize the gap between these two rosters is still pretty big. I, I think it's pretty sharp, really. I, I don't know that Notre Dame's offense is going to be able to keep pace because I think Ohio State easily gets to 40 here. 42 maybe maybe 45 Notre Dame's best hope is to play keep away you know try to run the ball agree lean on their you know their offensive line which which should be really good one of the best in the country but in the modern game you've got to be like Georgia you got to have a Georgia level defense last year Clemson level defense to actually effectively do that against a team with NFL guys all over the roster and Ohio State I think Notre Dame's going to be fine, but I think they're going to take their lumps in week one. If I've got to bet it, I guess I would lay the points. It's a stay away. I just wish the number were tighter and it was actually going to be a good game. I don't think it's going to be. I think it'll be out of hand um, by mid-third quarter and the Bucks are going to cruise. So I agree with both of you. I think it's really sharp and can go either way. I'll take the points too, especially if I can get it 17 and a half. Just, just give me that little extra cushion. I mean, I, I don't know that Notre Dame – that just feels very sharp. I agree with Austin in that they're going to have to play keep away. And Oregon had a lot of success on the ground against Ohio State last that's year. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I don't know that Notre Dame – I mean, those are kind of comparable talent levels. Notre Dame might be a little bit more talented, uh, you know, up front and in the backfield than Oregon. I don't know that, though. I mean, it. you know, both teams are good, like deservingly. I, I, do, I do think that one of the interesting – you know, Hail Mary lines of the week would be the money line Notre Dame here at 550. That's just a huge number that if you want, if you had $25 laying around, 
They're like, hey, let's pull for the Irish. Because you never know. I mean, if you can get Notre Dame at Ohio State at 550 and you can make, you know, 150 bucks on a $25 bet, do it. I mean, that's not a bad play, but uh, I think 17 is sharp either way. And uh, like I said, if I get 16 and a half, I guess I'll lay the points. If it's 17 and a half, I'll take them. So um, I don't really have a pick here. Uh, I mean, give me the points at 17. Worth noting for those that don't know, um, Jim Knowles from Oklahoma State, who engineered a really, really good defense for the Cowboys last year, is now the defensive coordinator at Ohio State. So, mm, that's right. you know, Ohio State kind of got pushed around last year in a game against Oregon, as Ben just referenced. They certainly got bullied against Michigan last year on that side of the ball. I wonder if Knowles instills a little different level of toughness in those guys on that side of the ball, because you know, they've got talent. I mean, Ohio state has NFL players on defense. I think last year they just weren't up to the task. So we'll see this year. I mean, we're going to know, I think by halftime this year, whether they're bought in and actually willing to stick their noses in against the run or whether they're a bunch of kids that, you know, would rather be, you know, rushing the quarterback and, and defending um, anemic big 10 offenses. Podcast brought to you by Protection Unlimited Incorporated, the Mid-South's leader in commercial and residential alarm security. Wayne Lowry and his team have been serving the greater Memphis area and North Mississippi for 50 plus years and would love to get your business and or family protected today. They offer cutting edge security for your home or business with video surveillance options and they're monitoring 24-7, 365. You can reach them via phone at 901-754-6510 or email them at info at protectionunlimited.com. Podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals. They can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn more about them at bluffcityadvisory.com. Podcast brought to you by the Berry Home Team. You're ready to sell and make the most net profit from your home. Call Stacy and Rick Berry today. They will lead you through the process from property assessment, repairs, staging, and putting that sold sign in your yard. Both have earned the multi-million dollar club member status, and they would love to assist you today in your real estate ventures. Call them 901-481-6420 or 901-461-6421. After you have talked to the Berry Home Team, you can talk to Saddle Creek Title, another proud sponsor of the show. They're the Mid-South's leader in client-focused, innovative closing solutions. Neil Hanna and his team are more than just a real estate closing firm. They are dedicated to going the distance to ensure the ease and growth of your real estate business. Find more information at SaddleCreekTitle.com or call them, 901-753-1600. Show brought to you by Davis McCord State Farm. If you're looking for good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates, look no further than Davis and his team. They are your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around. Give Davis a call. He is ready to help. 901-755-6110 and get your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, last one of note here before we get into the rest of our locks. Um, just kind of looking at the schedule and the games that stick out to me. We've got Memphis traveling to Starkville. 
A little bit of a revenge game here for Mike Leach and the Bulldogs. This one's at 6.30, night game, ESPNU. You've got Memphis getting 16 against Mississippi State. Um, I'll lock that in. Oh, all right. I'll lay, I'll, <laughs> I'll lay them for State at 16. They're going to get their revenge on Memphis this year, and I think that's my third lock. Yeah, um, that is. I was big on State in our preview show. I, I, they're old, man. And like old is usually, I love riding veteran teams. Um, they've got an old quarterback. Give me state. You know, this is kind of a, a get right year for Leach where he kind of rides the ship to seven and five, eight and four, nine and three, something like that. And I'm not trying to get put the car before the horse here, but I do think that he's going to kind of solidify his, uh, status as the state coach and they're gonna they're gonna come out hot against Memphis and win like 48 to 20. Yeah I this is a state team that beat Auburn won a non-con and then lost two in a row lost the egg bowl and then got whipped in the bowl game um and then they're obviously trying to avenge last year's loss against the same Memphis team that, you know, say what you will about the questionable calls that happened. They lost 31-29. And on that same note, say what you will about Will Rogers and how he fits in the system and is he a good quarterback or is he just a system quarterback, whatever. Um, Yeah, I'm with you, Ben. I I think night game, you know it's going to be loud there. I... I honestly don't know anything about this Memphis team, but I do think you're right here. I think that this is a just absolute get right game for Mike Leach as he is. I wouldn't call him on the hot seat, but I do think it's warming up because of how he has struggled against Ole Miss. Now, is that warranted or not? I think that's kind of silly. Um, if he's still going to win, seven, eight games year in, year out there. Um, you know, we've we've talked about it on our previous shows before we got over here at On3 about how it was kind of silly to run out Joe Moorhead when I think that he had some good things going there. I think he's a phenomenal coach. Are they going to be patient with Mike Leach or are they going to just hinge it all in a rivalry game at the end of the year? I think they win this one comfortably. I'm thinking like a 41-20 type win. Um, Memphis will probably get a garbage touchdown late, but yeah, I I'm not gonna lock it in, but yeah, I would I would lay the points here. Yeah, I would have locked it in if Ben Haddon. I, I think State absolutely cruises. Last year, Memphis had no business winning that game. State doubled them up in yards. Uh, Memphis had that fluky special teams touchdown as well as I think. I can't remember if it was a scoop and score or a pick six, but they had another defensive touchdown and they won 31 to 29, right? So you take 14 points off the board. That's a whole different game last year. I think state rolls out of the gate. They're going to want to make a statement. There's revenge. It's the home opener. Um, I'm with y'all. And look, the thing that we haven't even really mentioned yet, like Rogers is good. The offense should be great. Leach in the third year, all that stuff, right? 
State's defense is going to be pretty good because, as Ben said, they're old. These guys have seen a lot of snaps in the SEC. And Zach Arnett is one of the probably one of the best coordinators in the country that nobody knows outside of the SEC and Mississippi. Um, really good defensive coordinator, Rocky Long disciple. Their defense is going to be pretty damn good. So when you pair that with a potent offense, I don't know that Memphis puts three touchdowns on the board. I think it could be like 42-17 state. I think they just roll. Yeah, I mean, state was third in total defense in the SEC last year. Yeah. Like and they Quiet, returned they 80% yeah. of their snaps. Yeah. They're they're going to be good. They're going to be good. They're going to be good on defense. They're going to be good all the way around. L- listen, like not to be a wet blanket, that's going to be a difficult game for Ole Miss. We'll get to it, but Oh, of course. They're they're not bad this year. This is a good state team. The interesting thing to me about their defense is in years past, they would have a Jeffrey Simmons or a Fletcher Cox, you know, Chris Jones. They don't have that dude on defense, but they have a bunch of dudes who, like, may have a cup of coffee in the NFL. Like, not long careers, not pro bowlers by any stretch. They got, like, a lot of third-team All-SEC guys, you know, the guys that are on the cusp of being great, but just not quite there. They have a handful of those dudes. And again, as you said, Ben, with, with their, you know, with, with the veterans they have and an established really good defensive coordinator, I think uh, the offense is getting all the pub. I think by like game six, a lot more people are going to be talking about state's defense. Agree. All right. Pretty much run through the slate. Full disclosure here, Nick is still dealing with some technical difficulties. So, Austin, you've got some locks to get in. I only have one remaining. Ben has got his in. So, Austin, I'm gonna, I'm just going to throw it to you, man. Let's let's go ahead and fire away with a lock here. All right, let's go back, way back to the beginning of the show. Did you lock in Purdue, Ben? I went on mute. Um, I don't think I did. No. All right. Well, then nobody's going to lock in Penn State, if you remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if nobody's got it. Give me Purdue plus whatever they're catching. Is it three and a half or four? Yeah, I saw three and a half, but I can get you three. Um, yeah, three and a half. Give me the three and a half with the Boilers. I like that pick. I do. They <laughs> Purdue's got the better quarterback. They're playing at home as a Thursday night. And better hit coach. The, yep. And the, yeah, better, better coached. All right, Zach, you want to get your last one in before I go? or uh, Fire away one more. I'm still debating right. on my last I'm going to take a game we haven't touched on. I don't understand the number, and when I say lines stink and I don't get it, it's too easy. I usually look like an idiot the next week, but I'm going to anyway. I don't know how Houston is only laying four to UTSA. I understand that it's a home game for UTSA, but the drive over from Houston is not far. I expect 30 35% of the crowd to be – Houston fans, they're returning their senior quarterback. This is Holgerson's best roster, top to bottom. I think they probably are the best team in that conference this year, which is saying a lot considering Cincinnati's in the same conference. I was about to say, yeah. Yeah. Look, I know UTSA was good last year, but again, I'm going to do the same thing I did with Tennessee, same thing I did with Arkansas. Like, It doesn't mean just because you had a good year that the next year is going to be the greatest year you ever had. Sometimes you take a step back. I think UTSA is going to take a half step back. They're still okay. They return their quarterback. They're decent, but they are not the team they were last year. 
I think Houston wins comfortably here. They're the class of the AAC. I think is like 38, 23, and it's a comfortable cover. I'm only laying four. Is this so, a, what, what day of the week is this game? That's a great question. Um, Houston at UTSA Saturday. feels like a Friday night game. It's Saturday. It is Saturday. Okay. I think, hold on. Yeah, 2.30. I outside. love that pick. I love it. Yeah, and it, Dana's going to be hopped up on Red Bull. They're going to be wanting to throw it all around the yard. Yeah, I like that one. And keep in mind, you know, Houston's going to the Big 12 next year, probably. So, I, I know this is not – it's hard to handicap this and how many points is it worth. I don't know. But I'm just saying, if you're going to pretend to be a big boy and in a big boy conference next season, you don't start off this year by losing the UTSA out of the gate. Exactly right. Yeah. All right. Uh, for my last one, I went back and forth on a couple here. I'll be honest. I really thought – I thought long and hard about Utah State plus 41.5 against Alabama. Because um, you know Saban loves those early season snoozers where he can just – absolutely lay into them the next week in practice but i'm gonna go to the what is it called now it's the um uh the caesar superdome is what it's called now sunday night 6 30 abc prime time I'm laying the points with LSU. I this is to me, I feel like this is prime. I mean, this is virtually a home game for LSU. I think Brian Kelly is gonna be really wanting to get out there, put up some points, make a statement against the Florida State team that is I still don't think they're any good. I mean, Duquesne covered last week, and yeah, they still lost 47-7. to I don't know if it's going to be Grant Nussmeyer, if it's going to be Jaden Daniels. I think that Brian Kelly is going to have this LSU team raring to go in New Orleans. 60-minute drive for a 60-minute game. Shout-out to Anthony Mackey in the greatest hype video of all time. I'm laying the points with LSU minus three. I, I think that this is a Easy, easy cover for the Tigers. I like LSU here. I like it. I mean, for the so, first time in a long time, first time in a long time, LSU will not be outcoached this season by anybody. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah. And yeah. they're going to have the best unit on the field in their defensive line. They're probably going to have the second best unit on the field in their wide receiver core. Now, are they going to have a quarterback to throw it to them? I don't know. I just trust Brian Kelly to sort of figure that out. I don't think Florida State's bad this year, but I just think top to bottom, LSU is still much better than Florida State, right now anyway. So three, you're telling me these teams are pick on a neutral? I'm not so sure, and this is going to be far from a neutral. You know, no, this is a home game. You know what um, SB Plus predicts this to be LSU 28, Florida State 24. How? So it's got that that line pretty sharper than I would have expected. Yeah, it has 
Utah, a 0.2 point favorite over Florida. Mm, And um, Arkansas, um, a three-point win over Cincinnati. Ohio State, just 12 over Notre Dame. And Georgia, 19 over Oregon. So, I mean, it's very, very in line with with the Vegas Vegas odds. So, it's going to be interesting, man. Like, you know, it sounds like a lot of the lines are a lot sharper than what we expect. I don't know. I mean, I, I've got a, I've got an idea on some teasers that I'm going to play. You know, just going and give Vegas my money because that's how they keep those doors open. <laughs> so, um, you know, teasers, parlays. That it seems like the house always wins them, but I, I can't not play them. So, um, uh, I don't hate that pick, Zach. Honestly, I think if, if anything, the likely um, result there is LSU wins going away with it. Um, for one, they've got they're so much better coach, like Austin said, and secondly, they've got a lot more talent than Florida State. This is not this is not the Florida State of you know Peter Warwick, and so at least not yet. Um, I think once Dion gets there next year, maybe <laughs> things can turn around for him when he starts recruiting. <laughs> but but um, you know, I, getting those free shoes again. Yeah, yeah. Take the Bayou Bengals. I like them. All right, Austin, we need one more from you. All right, last one for me. And I just want to touch on it briefly because you mentioned it, Zach. I think it's time probably to get back on the Bama first half train. I think Ooh. it's 27 and a half against UConn. This is not my lock, by the way. I'm just saying 27 and a half against UConn, or I'm sorry, against Utah, Utah State. State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. UConn averaged 6.3 yards a carry against Utah State last week. Bama is going to run for 1,000 yards if they want to. Um <laughs> So that's not my lock. I'm just saying. Uh, give me. I've gone back and forth on a couple. Uh, what do we have in Louisville, Syracuse? Ooh, um, Louis. And I almost went with this one. I love this. I, if if you're going where I think you're going, I love it. Um, at the newly named JMA Wireless Dome. Uh, Louisville is minus four and a half. Uh, I hate that hook. Um, I would have laid four. I, still, I hate the hook. I still like where you're going though. Look, last year Louisville beat Syracuse forty-one to three. Louisville returns basically everybody. Syracuse is still the same as they were last year. They have Garrett Schrader. Remember that guy? Yeah, he's a oh, quarterback. Yeah. yeah. Um. Most so, look, yeah. Let's. Uh. You know what? Let's do it. Let's lay the four and a half with Louisville. Love it. I'm looking to see if I can get you four or less. Give me a second. Yeah, I'd love a four. I mean, I don't have Vegas. Let me pull up Vegas Insider and see what they got. And let's see. It's not so. Who who all do y'all have? While I'm, while I'm waiting on this, oh, I can get so you. Wait. I can get you three, Austin. Oh my God! Yeah, goodness gracious! Yeah, if you could find a three hammer time three. Yeah, I, I think, yeah. Malik Cunningham was was up and down last year, but I think he's talented enough to to give the orange fits. And yeah, I mean they got Ty and Evans, the running back from Tennessee. I think they're going to be, you know, relatively dynamic offensively for for Louisville standards. But yeah, I mean Syracuse. Dino Babers has 
bucked his head here and there in some games. But, uh, yeah, I, I like Louisville here. I think so, Ole Miss fans probably kind of lost interest in Louisville after we beat that ass to open the season. But turns yeah. out they ended up being a pretty solid football team. Yeah, they're I mean, not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'll give you all the craziest line of the week. Stanford host Colgate. Okay. Jesus. That line is <laughs> 41 and a half. How much? 41 and a half. Okay. Do you know what the no total way. is? 41 and a half is a line. Guess what the total is? Like 45. 50. Yeah, 47 and a half. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so they're 42 to 7. <laughs> I, Stanford's going to win that one 37 to 6. And not cover. It, yeah, I mean, it's – come on. It's David Shaw. They're going to be methodical – they're gonna... I'm surprised we went the whole show and nobody picked South Carolina to cover 12 against Georgia State. I don't know, man. That's Sean Elliott homecoming. Is that right, Zach? Is he still at Georgia State? I believe that is correct. Yeah. I it, Georgia State's going to be decent as a group This of seems five, like a small number they, for yeah, I, laying at home for an SEC. I mean, can you imagine if Troy was coming to Ole Miss? And Ole Miss was laying 11 and a half or 12. I would be very concerned. Could vary. Yeah. I, like, man, we're fixing to go three and nine, four I and eight. Like, I, yeah, I feel like Vegas is kind of like inviting people to throw money there because I do think South Carolina is going to be really good. And That means you need to take um, Georgia State and the points or Georgia Southern, whoever it is, because that that is a sucker bet. Yeah. I mean, maybe. I, I don't know. I – I just think they're they're in wait and see mode. I think the market is in wait and see mode on South Carolina. I think Vegas is in wait and see mode on South Carolina. I think they're saying prove it to us with Rattler. And I think look, I think he's going to be good. We talked about it in our our season win total show. I think he's going to be good, and it's the biggest upgrade at a quarterback position, at the quarterback position um, in the country. South Carolina goes from a GA basically to you know a kid who was in the Heisman conversation last year before the the wheels fell off. And another thing to think about, and this game was on the other day, I mean, South Carolina won a bowl game against North Carolina with a former quarterback that was converted to a receiver, uh, DeCurian Joyner, yeah. who put up big numbers in Shane Beamer's first year. Now, I know it was a bowl game, neutral site, whatever, like maybe North Carolina didn't care. But, yeah, I, I mean, I have South Carolina going over six wins this year. That was one of my locks. But, yeah, I kind of so- Kind of forgot about that game. Give y'all my bonus teaser to to close the show. I would take, I would tease. This is a three team, ten point teaser. So it's it's going to get you like it's basically even odds. If if that, I would tease Ole Miss to eleven and a half. I would tease Mississippi State to six. And I would tease Arkansas across the line to four, or I would tease Clemson to 11 and a half over Georgia Tech. Those would be so you can do either one with Arkansas if you don't like teasing across the line. I understand that. Um, but those, those would be my three, uh, that'd be my three team 10, 10 point teaser to or three game 10 point teaser for a little bit of bonus action just to sprinkle that on top. Okay. And I'll, cool. I'll add some real degenerate stuff here too. First half, <laughs> first half, USC is only laying 21 to Rice. 
I mean, USC is going to be up 35 to 7 in the first half. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. I was going to say that that seems like borderline free money. I feel like Lincoln Riley is going to want to light the world on fire in the Coliseum. So. Exactly. Well, you get in those games where teams' players are so wide open that the defender's not even on the screen when the ball right. goes into their Yeah, that's right. That's this what will be USC one of those. Rice look like. Yep. Last one here before we close is a final late night one to keep an eye on if you're trying to make up some money or maybe make some more money. Uh, Boise State at Oregon State. Mm-hmm. I don't know how Oregon State's favored in this game. I, I like the Broncos. Hank Backmeyer is back for Boise State. Um, they were seven and five last year. I mean, they weren't bad. Um, Bachmeyer put up a eighty-two point nine PFF passing grade, twenty-one big time throws, only eight turnover worthy plays. Um, now Khalil Shakir is gone. I still like the Broncos here. Um, Oregon State was abysmal in defense a year ago. They were allowing close to six yards per play, and they were 95th in EPA per play and 99th in Havoc. Um, I, I, I see. I really like the under in that one. That's that's what's kept what has kept me off is that. Oregon State's defense, as you said. That that's the only thing that's kept me away. Because I think Boise is going to go ground and pound. That's all Oregon State can do is run the ball. I think it's a running clock for most of the game. Boise returns a ton on defense too. Mm-hmm. I think they could be pretty nasty. Not maybe not the peak Boise we saw, you know, 10, 15 years ago, but pretty good, pretty good version of Boise. I think this game's played in the low twenties. Fifty six seems really high. Yeah, things have flipped towards Boise. I, you can get it as low as like plus two and a half, and I, I think Boise could. I mean, you could – it's not great value, but money line for sure. But, yeah, I think Boise can can win that one outright. So, um, all right, got all our locks in. Nick, technical difficulties. We'll get his locks in eventually. We might tweet them out. We might just talk about them next week. Um, but, yeah, gentlemen, it's going to be back week one. I mean, we got games starting – as people are listening to this on Thursday, we got Thursday all the way through Monday. It's going to be a hell of a weekend for the liver. So it's going to be good. Um, any final thoughts, Ole Miss related, or just anything else we want to throw out before we end the show? I don't, I don't think it's going to be as good or bad as it seems after Saturday. Well said. Well said. Nobody freak out. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fine. Um, all right. Thanks to our friends at Clinical Urology Associates. Thanks to Davis McCord State Farm. Thanks to the listener for making this show possible. Again, like, subscribe, leave a review. Tell us what you like, what you don't like, all that good stuff. We'll be back Sunday. I know it's a weird week with 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 the long weekend probably doing a recap show Sunday. We might stretch it into Monday, depending on everybody's schedule. As you know, hashtag dads, we all got stuff going on. So we will have a recap show. Ole Miss Troy uh, will break all that down. But uh, thanks for joining this episode of Hit That Line. 
And again, recap show. And then next week we'll be back for week two. For Ben, for Nick, for Austin, I'm Zach. This has been Hit That Line. Thanks for tuning in. We out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.